This is Theology on the Go, a brief interview about an eternal truth. Hello? Dr. Calhoun, this is Jonathan Master calling from Place for Truth. Yes, Jonathan. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm pretty good. Pretty good. Thank you. Make sure to keep listening after the program to find out how to receive a free MP3 download from the Alliance of Confessing Evangelicals. Our guest today is Professor Emeritus of Church History at Covenant Seminary. He's the author of many works, including Grace Abounding, The Life, Books, and Influence of John Bunyan. Dr. David Calhoun, it's a privilege to have you join us to speak today about John Bunyan. Thank you. I want to begin, I love the subtitle of your book, The Life, Books, and Influence of John Bunyan. So let's tackle things in that order. Let's start with the life of John Bunyan. Who was he? When did he live? Can you outline a little bit of his life for us? Sure, I can do that. Uh, John Bunyan uh, was born in 1628 and died in 1688. That means that he lived for 60 years. Sometimes it's said that Bunyan wrote 60 books, the different ways to count his books, but somewhere around 60, so one book every year, but of course not in his earlier life, but uh, more uh, toward the end of his life. He was a man, uh, son of a, a very uh, poor tinker, um, person who traveled about um, repairing pots and pans for a few pence or a few pounds occasionally, and had a rather wild uh, life until he was uh, converted, uh, then became a, a Puritan preacher uh, during the time that uh, Puritanism was first um, put down and then very accepted during the Commonwealth and then put down again at the restoration of Charles II. So Bunyan was common man, very little education, preacher, uh, often in prison during the 1660s. Uh, during that decade, he was in prison most of the time. And when he could not preach, he wrote. And so we have some of the great books that Bunyan wrote. He died in 1688. That was just a year before the Toleration Act of William Derry. If he had lived a little longer, he would have been completely free to preach. But he preached when he could, and when he could not, he wrote. So let's talk about some of the things he wrote. I think most people will have heard of Pilgrim's Progress, or perhaps read Pilgrim's Progress. So let's talk about Pilgrim's Progress for a moment. How did that famous book come about? That came uh, about, uh, Bunyan describes it as a dream, that uh, he dreamed a dream, and the Pilgrim's Progress was his effort to put that dream into words. I don't know if we have to accept literally that Bunyan dreamed about Pilgrim's Progress, but he did dream about it in some ways. It was the life of a Christian 
from the city of destruction to the celestial city of heaven. He used the form of a journey, a form that uh, appears in the Bible and in other Christian literature as well. We think of uh, Dante's uh, work and others that use the journey motif. So Bunyan thought through what it would be like, what it was like, because he was living the life that he was writing about to make progress in the Christian life. It's not always easy. Sometimes there are setbacks and discouragements and places like Doubting Castle and opponents like Giant, giant Despair, but uh, they're good times too in the delectable mountains of the king and in the interpreter's house. Bad times in Vanity Fair, where he loses his colleague, faithful, and trouble along the way, but more, more ho uh, hopefulness and gladness than despair. And Christian finally makes it by God's grace to the river is carried over the river. The trumpets begin to sound and the bells ring in the celestial city. He has completed his journey. It's it's a it's a powerful and 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 vivid story. And I think I think some of those images just uh, just stick with you once once you read them. But what what about Bunyan's influence in his own day? Uh, obviously, Pilgrim's Progress has had a huge influence on many people down to our own day. But was Bunyan yeah. an influential figure in his own day? Oh, yes. His, um, when he wrote Pilgrim's Progress, it went through several editions in the first year. It was popular back then, as it has been since, at least until fairly modern times. Still read today, but not like it was read at one time. Actually, it's estimated that there are over 2,000 editions of Pilgrim's Progress separate editions in different languages and with different illustrations and so on. I made a collection of those. I have about 40 copies of Pilgrim's Progress, which, uh, which I treasure. So only, only 1,960 more to go for you. <laughs> That's right. I'm not sure my house now can stand too many more, but... Um, they're, they're wonderful books. Uh, I was really brought up on Pilgrim's Progress. My father was a Baptist preacher, a pharmacist in South Carolina, and uh, he would have um, weekly Bible studies at his home, in our home, and for several years uh, he talked about Pilgrim's Progress. So as a child of four or five years old, I learned the stories, and those stories and images have... Uh, as you said, uh, they stay with you, and they've stayed with me uh, right down to the present. Modern-day kids um, get their stories and images from Harry Potter and movies and so on, but mine came from John Bunyan's Pilgrim's Progress. Well, I was going to ask you about that. I was going to ask you about the influence Bunyan has had on your own life and ministry. It sounds like it was a formative influence from the earliest years of your yeah, your Christian experience. Oh, yes, indeed. I, 
I've read uh, Pilgrim's Progress uh, a number of times, many times actually, and I get something fresh and uh, beautiful from it um, every time. I have um, I have really made this book one of the, the key books in my life. I think along with Calvin's Institutes, Pilgrim's Progress is the most uh, treasured book that I have in my library. Do you think it's because of the the vividness of it and the the sort of richness of the imagery? You said you get something new. That was an intriguing statement. I you, you said I get something new out of it every every time I read through it. Um, what 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 are the kinds of things that you're continually noticing about it? I um, I suppose every time I go through Pilgrim's Progress, I'm I'm at a different stage in my life, and so it speaks to me in that stage. Um, more recently, I've been uh, battling uh, two uh, really very severe illnesses, so I have a lot of time in hospitals and taking a lot of medicine and so on. And uh, I can, I can uh, this time through, this last time through, it was really a book of, of comfort, um, encouraging me through dark times, just like Christian has dark times, uh, sometimes physical ailments, sometimes uh, mental and psychological and spiritual ailments. But as Bunyan, as Bunyan says, he has one of the characters at the end, um, in the end of part two of Pilgrim's Progress, who goes over the river uh, shouting the words, grace reigns. Grace reigns. Grace is in control. Grace reigns. And uh, reading that the other day um, in Budget was an encouragement to me to know that whatever happens in my life, God's grace is in control. God's grace reigns. I'm wondering if there are other books on the David Calhoun, John Bunyan reading list after Pilgrim's Progress. I, I think you've made such a such a powerful case for continually reading through Pilgrim's Progress, not just reading it once, but at different stages of life, coming back to it. Um, and 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 I'm wondering though if as we as we look at Bunyan Bunyan's work as a whole, and your your book is the Life Books plural and influence of John Bunyan. So so what are some of the other books? Uh, besides Pilgrim's Progress, that might be worth people's time and attention today? Well, uh, Jonathan, certainly uh, remember part two of Pilgrim's Progress that was written a bit later. Uh, part two is the story of Christiana, the wife of the man that left the city of destruction, whose name was Christian, in the first volume, in the first part of Pilgrim's Progress, Christiana and the children their children come next. You might see the first part of Pilgrim's Progress is the story of an individual Christian uh, moving through life to heaven. The second part of Pilgrim's Progress is more the congregation, it's more the communion of saints, it's more uh, the church as 
these people make their way together, a larger company of people with uh, Christiana and her good friend Mercy uh, helping them along the way. Uh, part two is, is a beautiful uh, part of Pilgrim's Progress. Bunyan then wrote a book. Um, I think he thought it would be a kind of uh, book that would present the other side of someone who doesn't follow Christ and follow the way. And that book was called The Life and Death of Mr. Bad Man. It hasn't received nearly the attention. It's a shorter book, and it's not um, its not without its interest, but um, people were really interested in the Pilgrim's Progress and Life and Death of Mr. Bad Man was written between the two uh, parts of Pilgrim's Progress. And Bunyan was soon back at work in the second part. Would you recommend I mean, that people it, read that, the, the, the Mr. Badman book? Yeah, I think so. It has some, some interesting things uh, to say. Um, one thing that uh, always impresses me is that when Mr. Badman dies, he has a very peaceful death. And people back in the 17th century often thought that a good man died a good death, a bad man died a bad death. But I think Bunyan was showing there that uh, you can't tell about the eternal destiny of people just by what they say on their deathbed. So it's worth reading, but the, the next major book that Bunyan wrote, I think after Pilgrim's Progress, the most important one is called The Holy War. And uh, that's the story of God's struggle with Satan to reclaim the individual who's called Mansoul in this book. A lot of military imagery there. Uh, I prefer the the pilgrimage image more than the military image, but as I read the Holy War, I do see that Bunyan has many things in the Bible that he can point to that talks about fighting and struggling. And Bunyan himself was um, briefly a soldier on the Commonwealth side in the Civil War in England. And may not have served uh, in battle, but at one point he was very close to a battle and could have served exactly how it happened. So the Holy War picks up on that and in some remarkable ways uh, is able to reflect uh, spiritual truth uh, through the Holy War. Uh, Bunyan wrote many, many things, um, volumes of his um, collected works uh, now. So there are sermons, books of poetry, books for children, polemics as he um, did battle against um, what he would consider non-Christian views, and you put all that together, you do get uh, an amazing uh, collection of uh, diverse writings. The Pilgrim's Progress first, the Holy War next, Python. Um, Death of Mr. Badman, those are the more allegorical works, and then you can get into the sermons, which um, 
for long Puritan sermons, but uh, not without uh, flashes of insight and glimpses of beauty, which um, so often come uh, from reading Bunyan. Well, thank you for this introduction and overview, and especially for your personal words about how uh, Pilgrim's Progress, what well, Pilgrim's Progress has meant to you. Your book, I should say this again, is entitled Grace Abounding, The Life, Books, and Influence of John Bunyan by David Calhoun. And Dr. Calhoun, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you, Jonathan. I enjoyed it. You've been listening to Theology on the Go, a podcast of placefortruth.org. Place for Truth wishes to be thoughtful and accessible and is based on the conviction that the gains of the Protestant Reformation retain their potency and ought to be maintained for the health of Christ's Church. Just for listening, we'd like to equip you with free resources. Visit placefortruth.org to find a link to those resources. And listen next time to Theology on the Go, a brief interview about an eternal truth.